0: In Genesis chapter 3, man rebelled, man sinned. Man listened to the hurt whisper, followed the advice of the adversary. And as a result, sin, sickness, every curse, and even death entered into the world. And even though throughout time and eternity, man has made every effort to measure up, we cannot do it because all of our goodness is as filthy rags, according to Isaiah 64, verse 6. We deserved what we got. We deserved sin. We deserved the consequences of sin. We deserved death. We deserved sickness. But Jesus, the best man in history, didn't deserve anything that he got. He didn't deserve rejection. He didn't deserve disease. He didn't deserve poverty, or he didn't deserve death you'll grab your outlines in your Bibles this morning. We'll begin in Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. The Bible says that he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows, who was no stranger to suffering and grief. We hid our faces from him in disgust and considered him a nobody, not worthy of respect. Now, even though this was written 700 years before the time of Christ, it sounds like, it looks like it was written by someone who was an eyewitness of what was going on at Calvary, outside the gates of the city of Jerusalem. In about AD 30. He was the one who carried our sickness and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole and in his wounding we find our healing. Isaiah wrote this And it discusses, or it really identifies, what I'd like to term this morning as the divine exchange. Because here what we see is God, through Jesus, took what he didn't deserve so that we can have what we do not deserve. God took the full fury and the wrath of his indignation against us and put it on Jesus. And as a result of our faith in him, we experience his grace and his forgiveness. In Galatians chapter 3, It said, But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing, for it is written in scriptures, Cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree. Through Jesus Christ, God has blessed the Gentiles, that's us, with the same blessing he promised to Abraham, so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. This divine exchange has a sevenfold exchange that occurred at the cross. First of all, we see that Jesus took death so that we might have life. John 10.10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I come that you might have life and have it to the full. We see the second exchange was sickness for health. He took upon himself all of our sickness, our infirmity, and our diseases so that we might have health and wholeness. 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes we were healed. He experienced rejection so that we could be accepted. In Mark 15, we see him saying on the cross, quoting uh, Psalms 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? You see, God rejected his own son so that we would be accepted. The, The fourth exchange that occurred at the cross was poverty for prosperity. His punishment ensured our peace and peace in the hebrew shalom means total well-being so his punishment and his poverty that he took upon himself by losing everything that was his we experienced shalom total well-being he also experienced defeat he was defeated by the romans he was defeated by the jews but because he was defeated we can experience victory he exchanged bondage for freedom we were slaves to sin but because of what jesus did on the cross we are no longer slaves to sin but we are freed to live in righteousness And the seventh exchange was punishment for peace. God took the fury of his wrath on Jesus so we can live at peace with him as his favored children. You know, when you look at the Old Testament, every time you read about the father, it just seems like the father God is angry all the time that he's mad. But we need to recognize that when Jesus died on the cross and all of the fury of God's wrath was put upon him, daddy now is no longer mad. He's not mad anymore. And that's why the picture we see of the father in the New Testament is so much different than that in the one in the Old. Why are we sick? Why are we sick? Now I know there are some of you that might be watching this today that are fearful of what I'm going to share because you have heard that all sickness is a result of sin and if you just confessed your sin, you'd feel better and it'd go away. Well, I want to tell you a story as I begin. Um, When Joe and I were young pastors, we had a couple in our church that uh, had moved on to another church fellowship and at that particular fellowship they taught that all sickness was caused by sin. And when he was dying of cancer, we went and visited him in the hospital. And he said to us with tears in his eyes, I've confessed every sin that I know. I've confessed sins that I don't even think I've committed. What have I done wrong that God won't heal me? Well, God doesn't put guilt on us over healing. So why are we sick? Well, first of all, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world. I remember Francis Schaeffer, probably the greatest theologian of the 20th century, when he had cancer and they asked him, why do you have cancer? He said, well, it's not something I particularly wanted to have. It's not something you'd sign up for, but I live in a sinful world. And guess what happens in a sinful world? Sometimes you get things. Well, in John chapter 9, it says, Jesus was walking along. He saw a man who'd been blind from birth. A rabbi, the disciples asked him, why was the man born blind? Was it because of his own sin or his parents' sin? You see, even then, in the time of Jesus, people are conditioned to believe that sickness is always a sin problem. While sometimes it is, it is not always, as you will see. So, the verse goes on to say, It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, was Jesus' response to them. This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Here's why he was sick. He lived in a fallen world. He lived in a fallen world. He was sick because he lived in a fallen world. The good news is, God was glorified through his through his sickness. Another reason that we might experience uh, sickness is our own diet and our lifestyle. Um, a health expert has said recently, show me your diet, I'll predict your diseases. Uh, that sounds a bit harsh, but the fact is, is that's very true. Many of our diseases are caused because of the way we eat or what we don't eat. Uh, area of lifestyle, uh, sedentary lifestyle, without exercise during the uh, COVID-19, Joe and I have been taking an hour walk every day at lunch, and it's, it's a benefit to us. But if we don't do that, we can have the consequences of illness because of our lifestyle. Did you know today that stress is the number one reason for doctor visits? Um, I don't know if any of you have heard of the Holmes-Rath Stress Inventory. There's 43 different experiences that you look at, and it gives you a score. And it's very simple to do. You can look it up on the Internet, and it's holmes Wrath Stress. And uh, you just go down the thing, and you pick, yeah, that happened to me, that happened to me, that happened to me. And those stress indicators will give... Uh, them a pretty good idea of the kinds of things that uh, you will have. So uh, early in my ministry, I felt an obligation to carry every responsibility. In fact, it was for many, many years. Joe will testify to that. And uh, I felt like if I was going to be successful, I had to say yes to everything. And I can remember reaching a point where I don't want to do this anymore, and I ran across the verse in Matthew chapter 11. It says, my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. And it's like, it doesn't feel easy, and it doesn't feel light, but it is. When we serve God, and we walk with Him in the way He wants us to walk with Him, it'll be to our benefit. A third reason that we might suffer sickness is genetics. That we can be predisposed to certain sicknesses or conditions. Now, He'll say, well, okay, I'm sorry, I have bad genes. I don't know if you remember back, I think it was in the 70s or 80s, uh, Jim Fix wrote a book, Running to Win, and he, his legs were featured on the cover. It was very prominent, and uh, everybody saw it and knew about it, and he was doing it because his father had died young of a heart attack. Well, guess what? With all the exercise and all the running that Jim Fix did, unfortunately, he too suffered a heart attack and died in his early 50s there's a situation and regardless of what he did there was a predisposition because of his genetic makeup but here's the question we should ask why are my bad genes bad and why is it true are they there because it's a genetic predisposition or is it a result of family iniquities in deuteronomy chapter 5 it says i laid the sins of the parents upon their children the entire family is affected even the children and the third and fourth generations of those who reject me but i lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me if you're asking yourself the question today, well, I'm wondering if these things are a result of family sins, here's what I would encourage you to do, two, two simple steps. Number one, pray God will forgive the sin and ask him to break the generational curse. Uh, many families have the, the curse of addictions, and you'll see it in one generation in alcohol, you'll see it in the next generation in sex or in the next generation in drugs. Pray and ask God to forgive your family for that sin and break that generational curse. And the second thing you need to do is break the bloodline. Jesus sacrifice removed the curse of a polluted bloodline on us. And the verse we read earlier on says, by faith we now have access to the bloodline of Abraham. We have that blessing. Another reason we might be sick is because of spiritual strongholds, spiritual strongholds or a spirit of infirmity. Not all sickness is demonic, but some sickness relates to a spirit. In Luke chapter 13, it says, Jesus saw a woman who'd been crippled by an evil spirit. She had bent double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you're healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. Here's a woman that was crippled for 18 years and could never stand. And Jesus saw her and said, You're healed. Now, how do we know that this was a spirit of infirmity, and how do we know if a spirit of infirmity is is caused by a demonic stronghold? Well, number one, if you're not sick occasionally, you're always sick. And you'll notice, too, it does not respond to any kind of medicine or medication. No matter what you do, it doesn't go away. That's an example of a sickness caused by a spirit of infirmity or stronghold. Uh, The next one uh, is sin or lack of spiritual covering, sin. even though I started this teaching with a story about a man who confessed every sin he has, the fact is, is some sickness in our life is caused by sin and lack of covering. In uh, John chapter 5, there's a story about a man at the pool of Bethesda, and uh, the Bible says that for 38 years he had been sick, and now he was seated by this pool waiting for the moving of the water. You see, the custom was, or the tradition was, that uh, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir the water, and whoever got into this pool first would be healed. And so he had been there. We don't know how long. We don't know that he was there for all 38 years of his infirmity, but he'd been there a long time. And you'll notice that Jesus come and asks him this question. He says, do you want to be made well? Now I don't know about you, but if I've been sick 38 years, to me, the answer seems obvious. Yes, I want to be made well. That seemed like it'd be the thing that he would immediately have said, but it wasn't at all. What does he do? He complains and he blames others. I'm infirm. I can't get in the water and no one's here to help me. Now, here's what that shows us. sometimes we can become attached to and embrace the identity of our sickness in fact sometimes our sickness gives us an excuse you know some people don't want to be healed because it means they'll have to be responsible They'll have to get a job they'll have to work and also other times we see people own their illness you'll hear them say things like my heart attack or my stroke or my high blood pressure I don't know about you I don't want those to be mine I might have blood pressure high blood pressure but I don't want it to be mine I don't want to own it we see that Jesus touched this man and healed this man But one thing that we we do know from verse 14, that this man was in sin. Now, we don't know what that sin is, but we know he was because in verse 14 of John 5, it says Jesus found him afterwards and told him, now you are well, so stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Now, here's the good news. As believers, we don't need to fear sickness every time we sin because the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Another reason we might be sick is it's the pathway to our death is appointed unto man once to die and then comes the judgment the Bible says but the Bible also tells us the Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die in Psalms 116 verse 15 when we step from this life because we're in faith our next step is in the presence of Jesus our last thought here is our first thought there uh, our last step here becomes our first step there it's a wonderful wonderful thing So then we need to ask the question, why does God heal? Very simply, it's two reasons. Number one, God loves us as his kids. More than any earthly father could ever love us, he loves us and he wants our best. And the second reason God heals is because Jesus experienced the torment and misery of every sickness and he does not want anyone to endure the curse of sickness like he did. So let's then look at how God heals or what I call the delivery system of healing. Uh, sometimes we get locked into God has to heal us one particular way. We are designed to heal. We're designed to regenerate ourselves over a period of several days or weeks or months completely re- replace themselves. That's a miracle of healing. So first of all, the first way that God heals is something that I call miracles. Miracles. These are things that happen that are inexplicable. They may not have uh, explanation by science. They just happen. We don't know why they happen. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Uh, when I was at Royal Roberts University, uh, we'd have partners conferences, and two to 3,000 people would come visit uh, Tulsa for a weekend, and on the last service was the healing service, and we'd have uh, maybe center auditorium with two, three, four thousand 4,000 people, and at the end of that service, there'd be a prayer line and there would always be a great number of people that would come down that would be infirm and many of them crippled many of them in wheelchairs because they were not capable of stand or to walk and those kind of things and they would go uh, past president roberts and they would go past uh, his ministry team and then through a line of students and we'd pray and lay hands on them and it was always amazing to me it was always a tremendous miracle when someone would stop and they'd get out of, of out of their wheelchair and they'd sense the power of god and they'd have strength and the next day when we were returning them to the airport, it was always fun because they'd be pushing their wheelchair and they'd have their suitcase in it. Here's what I don't understand. I even asked Dr. Roberts. He said, one in ten that I pray for is healed. Why? We don't know. Uh, is it their faith or lack of faith? We don't know. But God chooses to work miraculously. And he does it in a way that we will never completely understand. But his power can overcome anything that science can do. My life is a miracle. I fell in a swimming pool, electric motor. I was underwater seven minutes. When the people found me, they got me out. What did they do? They prayed because they didn't know what else to do. And here I am today. In Mark chapter 5, verse 28, it says, here's a woman that she has been sick for a long time. She's had a uh, hemorrhaging problem for years and years and here's what it says she thought to herself if i can just touch his robe i'll be healed and when she did immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition it's inexplicable how does god heal number two through diet exercise and lifestyle sometimes would, but god heals us this way because he heals us gradually as we learn a new way to live or a right way to live and our cells regenerate and we gain health uh, i remember a few years ago when the doctor said to me uh you have high blood pressure one in ten people have the genetic disposition that they can do something to change that find out if you're one of those and i found out by changing the way i eat and the way i exercise that i was able to pull that number down so there's an example god heals sometimes miracles sometimes here's what you need to do another way that god heals is through forgiveness or learning to walk in his grace in luke chapter 6 it says love your enemies do good to them lend to them without expecting to be paid then your reward from heaven will be great and you will be truly be acting as children of the most high for he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked you must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate and do not judge others and you'll not be judged do not condemn others or it'll come back against you forgive others and you'll be forgiven sometimes it's the lack of forgiveness that holds us into a bondage to a physical illness and when we forgive it opens the door for God to extend His grace into our life and to heal and restore us. Another way God heals is through spiritual covering and through spiritual connection. As a kid growing up I lived in the mountains and people would come to the ranch there and they'd say this is a great example of why I don't need church because I can worship God here in nature. But here's what I want to remind you Satan always prays on the lone sheep just like the wolf or the coyote always prays on the animal that's isolated from the rest of the flock. And as a member of the flock of Jesus Christ, we have the protection of the good shepherd. James wrote it this way. He said, are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Here's an example of having a spiritual covering of where two or three uh, agree in the name of the Lord that whatever we ask, he does. If you need healing, the Bible says, call for the elders. Find someone and agree in prayer. And in doing that, we'll see that through that connection, through mingling our faith, the power of God is released to heal. Another way God heals is through prayer, meditation, and confession of the word. Confession of the word. Psalms 107 says, he sent out his word and healed him, snatching them from the door of death. Here's what you need to do. If you're not well, don't wallow in or focus on your sickness. Instead, look through the Word of God, find the verses in the Word of God, and begin to confess your healing. Don't accept pain, rebuke pain, and speak the words of health. In Mark 11:24, 24, it says, I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe that you received it, it is yours. I would encourage you to go to the website of Lakewood Church down in Houston. Uh, Pastor Joel Osteen, his mom, Dottie Osteen, has a tremendous testimony, given very short time to live. Uh, suffering from cancer and curable, and she looked through the Word of God and found verses of Scripture, and she began to confess and to proclaim those, and she's lived 40 or 50 years since that time when she had six or eight weeks to live, Confess the Word of God. As we continue this journey together, Joe and I encourage you to download the Version app so that you can join us each week on one of the many recommended Bible reading plans that are found in the Version app. Recently we recommended breeding uh, plans such as Victory Over Anxiety, How to Stop Worrying and Unashamed by Christine Kane. These are great, great resources to help you focus your mind on the Word of God. Now let's return to our teaching, The Overcoming Life, as we conclude with Overcoming Sickness. Another way we experience healing is by taking authority over the adversary. Remember in John 10.10, one of our early verses in this teaching, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, the adversary was one that would like to do that. And sometimes uh, sickness is a spiritual issue. And when that's the case, you have to take authority. You don't accept disease. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus said this to his disciples, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. And you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Now, please understand that that Jesus doesn't go from talking about a spiritual entity, the enemy, Satan, the adversary, and then suddenly switch to a biology lesson about snakes and scorpions. Those are demon spirits. And God, through his son, says, I have given you authority over that power. You do not have to accept what the enemy tries to put on you. Another way that we receive healing is through medical science. God has given us knowledge, ability, and skills. And doctors have been able to discover some great, great things that bring healing and health to us. I would never want us as believers in Jesus to think that a healing that doesn't come in a miraculous way is not a healing. I don't care what delivery system God uses to touch me. I shared with you I fell in a swimming pool with an electric motor. Prayer healed me, saved my life in that point in time. But you also know I've had three surgeries. One, I had a lazy eye and it looked everywhere and they fixed it. I've had two hernia surgeries. Doctors were able to do something and give me health and wholeness and I'm grateful for it. Now, here's one thing they never want us to limit ourselves to however. Doctors will tell us things that are medically true but this information may not be spiritually true for example well you're predisposed to this because it's in your family well if that's a if that's a family iniquity i've already shared with you what we need to do with that we need to confess it ask god to forgive and draw a line in our family history attach ourselves to the lineage of abraham and move in a righteous bloodline but doctors are okay if doctors medicine will heal me then i'll receive it in fact you remember paul traveled with someone. And he called him Luke the beloved doctor so God loves us God cares for us God wants to heal us we should never own disease we should never claim it as ours because it's not our inheritance as children of God we will receive healing through whatever method whatever Avenue whatever way God chooses to deliver it to us so as we begin or as we end today I want to encourage you to uh, find others and engage in a prayer of agreement or two or three agree in my name, whatever they ask, he'll do it. If you're sick, call for the elders of the church. Well, it's a little tough for us to remotely anoint you with oil. You know what? We can do a Zoom meeting, you'll anoint yourself, and we'll pray. Find someone and step into agreement. Find someone in the family of God to be encouraged by, to be a support, and to be an instrument of God's healing. I'd also encourage you to find a point of contact. Sometimes we just need to release our faith. And I can remember a number of years ago, I just knew that if a certain thing would happen, if I was able to have something happen, I knew my faith would be released. I knew when this person prayed for me, I knew it would change my life. I just knew it. It was a point of contact. Well, for some of you, the point of contact might be your TV today. It might be your family Bible. It might be taking the hand of someone with you. So find a way to identify a a point of focus. Not that healing comes from the TV or the Bible or the person's hand. All healing comes from God through any delivery system that he chooses to use. But find a way to release your faith let's pray father we thank you that you love us that you care for us that you desire to make us whole Um, Isaiah 53 reminds us of everything that you did and all the exchanges that took place that we might have health healing and wholeness we thank you for that Lord I extend my hand to those that are watching with us today that you would touch and heal bring wholeness bring completeness, bring deliverance in every area. May they experience the true shalom, total well-being, not only physically, but emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. For that, we'll thank you. Amen and amen. As we close today, I want to share a few words about the reopening of our church, the Rivers. As you know, back in uh, March, when this all began in our last service, I spoke about overcoming fear. And we never want fear to be the motivating factor in the decisions that we make. We want to make decisions based on knowledge, based on trust, and based on faith in the direction of the Holy Spirit. We've been in consultation with uh, leaders within our own community and within our denomination. And at this time, uh, the direction is that we would not resume meeting. But I want you to be assured that when we do begin to meet again, we will do so. There'll be a written plan that you'll be receiving as to how we're going to implement that process. It'll be on our uh, website. We'll email it to you as well. Uh, When we do meet, uh, we'll practice social distancing and sit as families. Uh, We will have family services because it'll be very hard initially to keep children isolated from other children. It's just not in their nature to do that. We'll also shorten the length of time of our services to ensure that uh, the moms and dads feel free to come and uh, we know how fun it is to to hold those little ones. So look for that in the coming weeks and coming months. Uh, We're excited about that opportunity, but we're going to be diligent and we're going to be wise in the decisions that we make in this season of time. If you have any prayer requests, if you have any need to get in touch with us, you can email us at info@therivers.org. At you can call the church office. We'd um, be delighted to help you in any way that we can. Uh, also, want to encourage you to continue to be faithful in your giving. You give as God has blessed and sees prospered you. And also know that uh, we understand this is a difficult season. This is a challenging season for so many of us. For many of us that. Uh, work in small businesses, our resources, our income has been greatly, greatly reduced or made to zero. So know that you're in our prayers. If we can help you in any way, please let us know. So Father, I pray for your people. Pray your hands be upon them. I pray that your provision be more than enough to meet every need. I pray for supernatural provision. I pray for restoration of resources. I rebuke the devourer that would come and take from your kids, Lord. Restore, restore, restore all that has been stolen, I pray, Lord Jesus. For those that are sick, I pray for health. I pray for miraculous restoration and wholeness. I pray that your healing touch would come. And now, Lord, I ask that you bless them and that you keep them. May your face shine upon them and give them peace. We will be grateful and thankful for it.